Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Friday, September 8th. 2023, in the 22nd week of Ordinary Time, today we celebrate the birthday of the Blessed Mother, the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today's reading is taken from the beginning of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. The Book of the Genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph, Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, Abiad became the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok became the father of Akim, Akim the father of Eliad, Eliad the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us. So I didn't have to read all that. That was the long version, but I love to read that. Why do I love to read that? I don't know. I get, and it doesn't even go back to Adam. It only goes back to Abraham. Uh, I want to talk today as we celebrate the birth of Mary. Let's just talk about Mary a little bit here because then I want to talk about Jesus and then how it applies to us. First, Our Lady's birth, so important we celebrate her. Jesus, guess what? Jesus celebrated Mary's birthday. And if he didn't, that means he was not a good son. <laughs> and that's impossible. So Jesus celebrated Mary's birthday. I don't know what kind of cake they had back then. I mean, they mentioned cake in the Bible a couple different places. 
they didn't have sugar the way we have it today. The artificial stuff that gives everybody uh, diabetes and cancer. Um, then again, they didn't live that long back then. So who knows? But we celebrate Mary's birthday. And I'm told that it's actually August 5th. August 5th is it's an interesting date because it's also the feast of the Basilica of St. Mary Major. And that's also called Our Lady of the Snows. You could look up my sermon for that day in which I talk about that feast. But the church celebrates um, this nine-month period, just like we do with Jesus. We do it with Mary, of December 8th being the conception, Immaculate Conception, September 8th being the birth. With Jesus, March 25th, we celebrate his uh, incarnation, a.k.a. the Annunciation, and then December 25th, which is coming, by the way, (laughs) is the birth of Jesus. So with Mary, we celebrate her birth and her conception. St. Louis de Montfort says about St. Joachim and Anne, they did not know who this child was. I mean, there is the story that we have from our tradition about Joachim and Anne, just like so many other stories, they weren't able to have a child. They considered it a lacking of God's blessing upon them, that they were not fruitful in that way. And that was just a belief among the Jews at the time. So they said, Lord, if you give us a child, we will dedicate this child to you. And then the Immaculate Conception occurred in the womb of St. Anne, uh, even though she was beyond childbearing years. So Mary's conception and birth were a miracle, but there was an even greater miracle in the womb of St. Anne, and that is that Mary was conceived without sin. So this child was born and she was perfect. And she had, I mean, just like with Jesus, totally human. I mean, Jesus is totally human, which is what I wanted to get to. Mary, it's not even a question of whether she's totally human because that's all she is. Jesus is divine as well. Mary is not divine. She is human, 100% human. I mean, we also say Jesus is 100% human. He's 100% human and 100% divine. It's not 50-50 like there's something missing. He's fully human, fully divine, all at the same time in one person, two natures in one person. Mary has one nature, and that is human, just like the rest of us. But we believe she was preserved from sin so that she could be the perfect mother, the perfect follower, the perfect disciple, the perfect model for us all. There's so much to be said there. And so in celebrating her birth, we celebrate this child coming into the world that has this perfect, she's perfect. She has a perfect maturity. She's, she's dedicated to the Lord right from birth. They have in the uh, Jewish tradition of the time uh, a sort of a dedication. So Mary was dedicated as a child. There's a sort of like a convent type of a school. Mary uh, went to the service of the temple and she was educated uh, by, I don't know exactly who, the high priest or whoever, whoever did the educating, the rabbis that worked in the temple. But Mary was dedicated to the service and the learning of the temple. And according to St. Louis de Montfort, they, they oohed and they awed at, at Mary's maturity, her wisdom, etc., because there was no sin to get in the way of her her learning and her growing and her maturation and her the way she carried herself and her relationships. So Mary is perfect in order to prepare the world for a perfect Jesus. It's important because Jesus emptied himself of his divinity, as St. Paul tells us. 
when he came into the world. He lived as us in every way except sin. And that part is true for Mary as well. She's human, but still she's, and and therefore being human, she's just like us in all things, obviously, of course, uh, but she never sinned as well. So these two persons never sinned. There is a perfectly mature humanity. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I get into arguments with people all the time, and it's so frustrating. We have people all over the spectrum right now in our church. There is huge division in the Catholic Church. And I can use, I'm going to use the words liberal and conservative. I mean, not that they mean the same thing that they would mean from a political standpoint. And I know a lot of people don't like these words. We could say the right or the left and everybody's different. It's not like I'm trying to pigeonhole like, oh, this person's this way because they have this belief. No, people are all over the place, but I get into arguments with people and it's not always even just an argument. It's a misunderstanding, but sometimes it becomes an argument because people that don't have theology degrees think they know theology better than those that have the degrees. And what's a shame is in a lot of cases, it's actually true because people have been poorly formed. So you might say, well, then why do you say you have the the answers? Well, I keep trying to learn. I had really good teachers (laughs) when I was studying, when I was getting my master's in theology and I had really amazing teachers and I keep learning. I keep reading And I mean, when we look at this spectrum of belief, all heresy goes back. I mean, I know, yeah, I'm not 100% correct in saying this, but I'm speaking in generalities. Heresy goes back to two main heresies, generally speaking. One is denying the humanity of Christ. The other one is denying the divinity of Christ. That one, denying his divinity, is Arianism. There's all kinds of Arians all throughout the world today. They think Jesus is just a good guy. You know, Jesus is somebody I can smoke a joint with. Jesus, I can I can make Jesus in whatever image I want to make him in. And, you know, I therefore I can make heaven whatever I want it to be. Therefore, I'm not accountable for any beliefs or any practice, any way of life. There's no objective truth when you when you follow Arianism down to its conclusions. And that I guess that would be the people on the far left usually and they just want to water down the faith and just make it about, you know, humanity as you see it. But then there's people very often found on the right and this heresy is rooted in what we call gnosticism. It's a denial of Jesus's humanity. And recently a couple hundred years ago it took the form of jansenism. Jansenism says the body is bad. Humanity is bad. Pleasure is bad. Desires are bad. Emotions are bad. You should suppress your emotions. We should not have fun. We should just suffer. You know, for those that say suffering is the key to holiness, guess what? The demons in hell suffer more than all of us, and they are not holy. Okay? So it's got to be more than just suffering. Suffering has a place, a part to play. But suffering does not equal holiness. Otherwise, the demons would be holier than all of us. All right? And it drives me nuts because so many people on the right are so poorly formed. I recently got into a debate with some people, and and this is an ongoing thing, about the TV show The Chosen. Because it really does, in my opinion, a good job of showing a human Jesus, Jesus in his humanity, he was fully human. Now, we need to define something, and this also drives me crazy. People that don't know what historical fiction is, 
I love historical fiction. There's so many good books out there that are historical fiction. Some are about the faith. Some are about America. America. Some are about all sorts of different topics. Historical fiction means it's not history and it's not fiction. It's historical fiction. It means we take the events from history and then we add in dialogue. We don't know that they said those things, but it creates a story to help us learn the history. And you have to remember, this is historical fiction. I'm not getting 100% truth from these stories, but that was never the intention anyway. It's entertainment that helps us to learn. Like I said, I love historical fiction. Louis DeWall writes, there's like 20 books that he wrote about the saints, and some of them are about Jesus and Jesus's time. And we don't know that those things are true, but he did a lot of research. Another one was Dear and Glorious Physician, Taylor Caldwell. Taylor Caldwell wrote a few books, and they're great books about the time of Jesus. The Dear and Glorious Physician is about St. Luke. Great book. Is that the way it happened? Not necessarily, although Taylor Caldwell did do a lot of research. But it's historical fiction. What is the chosen TV series? Historical fiction. That's all it is. Therefore, once you know that, you can enjoy it because they're not going to get it right 100%, nor do they pretend to because it's not history. It's not theology. It's historical fiction. Anyway, let's get back to the point. That show does a great job of presenting the humanity of Jesus. It would be a problem if they had Jesus committing sins, but he doesn't. At least as far as I've seen, I don't recall him committing sins in the show. Rather, he interacts with his disciples. He interacts with his mother. He interacts with just all these different people that he performed miracles for. It's historical fiction, and it shows the humanity of Jesus. I want to, just for brevity's sake, because i got to wrap this up in the next couple of minutes. I'm on my way to church after this. I want to be on time. But Pope John Paul and other phenomenologists of the 20th century and Pope John Paul wrote his the- Theology of the Body. Uh, other phenomenologists would be Dietrich von Hildebrand, Hansers von Balthasar. These are people we need to read and we need to understand, especially the Theology of the Body, because he wrote it, so much of that he wrote as Pope. And it's about our humanity and how important our humanity is. Today we celebrate Mary's birthday. We don't. This isn't a supernatural celebration, the, the, the events that we're celebrating. This is just simply celebrating her birth. If she was physically in your life the way your, your, your family is right now, you'd be having a cake for her, as I said earlier. You'd be giving her a hug. If I was sitting next to Mary, oh my goodness, I would want to, I like, you couldn't get near her because I would just be like, I'd want to hold her hand. I, I'd want to, whatever, I'd want to kiss her face like endlessly. I just want to talk to her and listen to her. I would want to, I would just, the temptation would be to monopolize all of her time. I wouldn't be able to stop hugging her, right? Because I love her so much, right? And that's all human stuff. It's, it's spiritual stuff too. But the spiritual stuff would have me sitting at the other side of the room just fingering through my rosary beads. And she would get that, too, and I'm sure that would be also lovely. But there's a human side here. And Mary was human. Mary is human. Mary is not divine. So as we celebrate these feasts and as we try to understand our faith better, we got to understand other than committing sin— there's full humanity. There's also temptation. We don't know about Mary's temptations. Jesus, we know, was tempted. And I. it's probably not just that 40 days in the desert. 
he was fully human, so therefore there's temptation. Mary was tempted, but she did not sin. It's okay to talk about these things because how can we imitate them? How can we follow them if we pretend there's something that they're not? So in reading the writings of Pope John Paul, we read about how emotions and desires are important and feelings are important and that all this has to come together. We are not called to be angels. We are not called to just suffer or whatever, suffer so that you get to heaven and that's it. It's true. We have to take up our cross. It's true. The sufferings will come, but we must pursue um, the desires of our hearts that God put there. Anyway, I have to end there. There's so much more to talk about, and I am very passionate about it. But remember, you know, and this is something I would say to people very, very often that would come to me for counsel. Be gentle with yourself. Take care of yourself. It's true. Our salvation is most important. But very often, people are struggling with sin that might not actually be sin when it comes to personal culpability because there's a neurosis there. By neurosis, I don't mean the person is, you know, crazy, needs to be locked up. Neurosis simply means a person's going through life and they're struggling with depression, anxiety, all the isms, workaholism, uh, perfectionism, people pleasing, etc. People are in bad marriages, bad situations, and they need to tend their, to their humanity. Jesus tended to our humanity. He healed people. And he wants to continue to heal you and me. So let's let him. Let's allow Jesus to heal us and our lady to intercede for us in our humanity, in our spirituality, in every way, body and soul. Let's let them love us because you and I were made to be loved, body and soul. I'm going to end it there. God bless. I hope everybody has a great day.